You're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 91 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you, as always, Bob Chichinsky, with my good, good friend, Dogbark24. My dude, how are you doing on this fine day? I'm uh, doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good as well. Excited to be here. Excited to be talking. Some Elder Scrolls patch notes. And I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be a good episode. We're going to get all this finished. And uh, I don't know. There's some exciting stuff to be talked about, honestly. Um, we do have, like, some slight news to to talk about, right? Just to squeeze in there. Yeah, so uh, first up, um, the Xbox Showcase should be uh, this weekend, you know, on Sunday, June 12th. There was, there was going to be possibly something Elder Scrolls related. Probably. Um, they might just play like the new trailer cinematic that came out recently. Um, like all the other ones, it's pretty amazing. Oh yeah, dude. That was an amazing cinematic. You guys definitely need to go check that out. And uh, especially for you console players, because like, it will get you quite excited to face the Ascendant lord i believe yeah so yeah and uh it's i mean it's the xbox and bethesda showcase too so it's like definitely gonna have a heavy bethesda influence and uh it's probably gonna be similar to what they would usually do at e3 uh i would assume since there's no e3 this year so that would make sense yeah yeah all right, dog. So before we start rambling about any other random things, let's just get right into some patch notes, man. So we're going to continue on some patch notes. And right now we're going to be starting with the different uh, skill and CP changes. So first, uh, like way we're going to break this down is we're doing it by the classes first. It's the first one that comes up. So uh right off the bat we have the dragon knight changes and i know that a lot of a lot of y'all are just you're feeling this you know like your mag dk's or they're hurting you know all the dk's are hurting so we get it we feel you um maddie gone is definitely feeling it uh, <laughs> i told him uh that we would share his uh sadness so there you go he's feeling it and i don't know i don't know man it, it's uh i've had i've had things get nerfed that i love too but hey you work around it you know you, you guys will all figure it out there content creators are so smart someone will figure out some way to make it even better than before right so right off the bat uh, we've got Combustion. So this passive now has a cooldown of 3 seconds up from 0.5 seconds. 
which is quite the increase, clearly. Um, yeah. The developer comment on this is, This passive is enabling a lot of sustain in situations where you're building around it with status chance increases, allowing the Dragonite to sustain effortlessly with a few passive options. The class was originally meant to struggle more with sustain with larger moments of burst with battle roar and combustion procs peppered in. While we love the synergy here with some more niche gameplay elements like charged and focusing on status effects, this passive was removing one of the core weaknesses of the class that kept it in check in many areas. As such, we're increasing the cooldown in hopes to bring back some of the natural difficulty the class has with keeping the pedal to the metal, while still being more viable than it was when its flames were more like embers. So, whatever the hell that last sentence is supposed to be, but okay. <laughs> Um, maybe it's because, you know, one of the skills is called Burning Embers. Maybe I guess so. I mean, I get it. I get it. But, uh, that's like the, the dog level pun right there. Maybe. Yeah. It, it's a more complex dog level pun. <laughs> but it's there for you to, uh, you know, I don't know. Love. Um, anyways. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. There you go. That's what happened, guys. I have not played a DK in quite a long time, so I can't say that I really am like, oh, man, that's crazy. I'm just like, I do feel for you guys. I know. I know how it goes. So, Doug, let's continue on. All right. Then next up, we have Engulfing Flames. Wait, unless you had anything to say. I mean, I don't know if you had anything to say about uh No, I don't have anything to say. I don't okay. really play well, Mag DKs or DKs. I, I guess I play a tank DK, but yeah. Oh yeah, dude, tank DK. Oh my gosh, best best tank still in my opinion. Anyways, but yeah, we have next up. We have the engulfing flame skill. Um, they reduce the flame damage taken bonus on this morph to a maximum of sixty percent, down from ten percent, and the total sum of weapon and spell damage needed to reach the cap remains the same. Yeah, they uh. Nerf the damage down from that a bit, so. A bit? That's yeah. like half. That's like a 50% I mean, decrease. <laughs> That's a pretty big decrease, right? That's like the majority. Well, it's not the majority. It's slightly the minority. I mean, they, okay, you know, this is like two years ago now, but they nerfed Earthquare from healing like 100 people to one person. So. Okay, now we get it. Dog's <laughs> just gonna still salt you out. Earthcore, so. yeah. Earthcore used to be able to heal and heal an entire group of people, and now it can only heal w w one group member, not any ally. One group member. So now that's a nerf. <laughs> okay, so dude, calm down. Zon just got nerf slash change. Kind of, I don't know. I can't tell if it's a nerf yet. But anyways. So, Burning Embers uh, also got the Nerf Hammer. Reduced the healing value from this morph to up to 50%, down from 
And my Patriot High School math tells me that that is 50% reduction. Is that correct, dog? Um, that sounds correct. Perfect. Thank you. So, there you go. That's, uh, that's quite the nerve. Uh, it's more than the 40% that Dog wasn't so worried about in the last one, so it's clearly significant. So, there is a developer comment on this. Right now, the healing values from this ability are enabling the Dragonite too much stain power. While well, we want to retain the ability to reward the caster for going in and dotting up their foes, the raw damage and healing from this ability is simply too much in its current form. And they aren't wrong. You know, I did feel bad for all the PvE Dragonites, but I gotta say, you PvP freaking tanky Dragonites who are running around with all this healing stuff going on, yeah, uh-uh, I'm done. I'm done with it, okay? So I'm excited to get up in some PvP and fight some Dragonites after after these nerfs. So to be fair, I guess that's the you know PvP side of me, competitive side of me that comes out. So there you go. But you know the PvE Dragonites, <laughs> I feel bad for you guys. <laughs> All right, next up we have a choking talons. Uh, they reduce the cost of this morph to 3510 down from 4050. Now, obviously, you know, this is a buff, and um, I would like to be, I'm going to like to be able to, you know, uh, spam talents on people more, whether it's NPCs, enemies, or players. So that'll be fun. I am that guy who spams talents, yes. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely digging that change. I mean, 500 isn't much, but that's significant when you spam it. That's at least one more cast. Maybe even two, if you, depending on how much magic you have. Yeah, well, and I mean, like, okay, so 4,000 cost, so I got to spam it eight times to equal one free one. Or 3,500, so I, I spam it seven times, and I get free one. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, next we got coagulating blood this one got changed up so this morph no longer reduces in cost but instead increases the healing bonus based on your missing health to 50% up from 33% so that's just a really it works differently kind of thing now the healing bonus is now true value rather than an additive value. Dog, any, uh, like, what do you think that means? So what that means is that the old coagulating dragon blood, it has a flat rate, and then it also gets increased by 33%, which is an additional, uh, you know, heal. So, for example, my on my Magby case, 9k, then an extra 33% is, uh, you know, 3K, so that'd be 12K. Whereas now I think it's just, you know, it's, let's say, 9K is just 50% of that 9K, so. Okay. So I, it kind of works like an execute more instead of like a secondary heal. So instead of getting like two heals, we only get the one heal. And I think that's what big that heal. Yeah. Okay, okay. 
for sure. That's interesting. So, to uh, as far as continuing what they have here in the notes for it, uh, they also say that they reduced the base healing of the skill by approximately 3% to fix some calculation errors. And there's a developer comment for this. This skill is currently enabling the Dragonite to bounce back from near-death situations a little too frequently. Uh, yeah. In PvP. Where its significant cost reduction compared to other burst heals of its nature is allowing it to be cast with reckless abandon. By taking away the cost reduction bonus on the morph, we needed to find another morph empowerment to ensure the skill felt like it was gaining something, rather than changing something. As the skill is meant to bring you back from death's door, we wanted to reinforce this with the execute scaling increase, but hopefully we see the frequency of returning from the brink a little less frequently. What? How would that make sense? They're like... We increase the execute to bring you back from death door, but hopefully we see it less frequently. Well, yeah, you can't just spam it because it's longer and costs like. Does it cost more? Okay. Yeah, it's gonna cost more. Well, yeah, but okay. Well, they just gotta be a little bit more careful of not spamming it, depending on how powerful it is. I guess like. And if it gives them a full health, if it's like breath of life status, then you don't need to spam it. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or you know, like if it's like uh my necro heal, you know, like I don't need to like spam it. I mean like maybe like hit it twice to get like to full health from death's door. Not necessarily a spam. I mean if you're low on magic, then I guess maybe. I don't know. All right, next up we have a hardened armor, and then they increase the damage shield granted from this morph by 24%. So that's something to be nice for tank DKs. And the last change is fragmented shield, and they increase the, the duration of major mending granted from this morph to uh, 6.66667 seconds at base. You know, because six and two thirds. Um, up from five seconds. And then don't worry though, it'll reach a nice whole number when you have your eternal mountain passive maxed out. Okay, I guess that makes sense then. Yeah. I was like, that's not weird, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it's like I'm pretty sure they're going for whole numbers for the most part. All right, so. Let's let the real professional handle this next session. Necromancer skills. Ah, the god class. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, we got no nerfs and only slight buffs. Guys, don't worry. I'm going to just hit him real quick and you'll be happy. Mystic Siphon, the morph. This morph now increases your... Well, okay, so our siphons got changed a little bit. It's interesting, and I think it's to be better, because I was never really happy with how much Magicka would actually give you back. Well, resources in general. So, this morph now increases your health, Magicka, and stamina recovery by up to 150 while it is active, rather than restoring up to 1260 Magicka over its duration. Now, to be fair... 
I don't know, like, what the math is in that. Like, is it actually giving you more Magicka in the long run or not? Who knows? But it sounds nicer, and I just like that it goes to your recovery instead. Plus, it also increases your health and stamina recovery as well, which is super cool. And uh, honestly, I, that's why I'm thinking it's probably giving you about the same amount of Magicka. And if it's not, then it's not by much. And uh, you're still getting a little bit of health and stamina with it. So that's cool. Um, then we got Beckoning Armor. This morph now attempts to pull valid targets at once every two seconds. Up from once every three. And that's cool. You know, just one more second of pulling enemies. Uh, and dog, if you got something cool to say about this, you just stop me. But... Uh, Oh, I'll, oh, well, I'll let you talk about the Runa Scythe one then after this. So, Runa Scythe. This skill is classically underused by all necromancers because it's just under par, even though it looks freaking cool. You can pull out a huge scythe. So, it finally is getting an update. This morph now deals bleed damage rather than physical. This morph now applies the hemorrhaging status effect on damage dealt. This morph now sets all enemies off balance on hit rather than every third cast. So it's an interesting change. Hopefully, maybe it will get to see some more use now. We'll see. I don't Dog. like that change. Oh, you don't like it? Yeah. Um, I don't like that change mainly because I'm 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 going to assume that uh. What is that? Stam. Stam Necros are going to be using that inside of Cyrodiil because that's going to be a nice AOE off balance yeah, for well, everyone in front of you. Yeah, they, that's what I was thinking, man, for the Stam Crows. <laughs> like, it's going to be I mean, a great off balance. And... They're already going to be using Grave Robber and Colossus and Blast Bones, and now they have this. And so. it deals bleed, so that's going to be a oh, die, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the physical damage was also bleed. Oh, okay. I think it was physical damage over time. So. Okay, for sure. But, I mean, it's definitely... I mean, it's going to be interesting. So then we've got uh, just two more little changes. Hexproof the morph. They reduce the cost of it. Oh, yeah. From... Six to sixteen seventy down from eighteen eighty, which is a big reduction. That's awesome. PvP necros are loving that, no doubt. Mortal coil. This morph now increases your health, magic, and stamina recovery by up to one fifty while it's active, rather than restoring up to twelve sixty stamina over its duration. So the other, uh, you know. Tether. There it is. There you go, Necros. We are now better than we used to be. Go have fun. Dog, aren't you just like, so happy for us Necromancers? Uh, Yeah, that's okay. I mean, most of these things don't bother me except for like the uh, Runa Skype. But, I mean, I, I play on Xbox, so they can't really cast that skill. So it shouldn't bother me too much, right? If you can't catch your skills, then hopefully Not you get some. And then when they get that freaking hardware server update or whatever, 
Yeah, but then then I'm gonna be have to worry about it. But dude, you imagine playing with that server hardware update on the Xbox and Series. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be so yeah. amazing. I wish my laptop could handle uh serial. It just it just can't. Like you know, like when we played, like it felt nice. Like I could actually use my skills and whatnot, but I would crash every like five minutes because. Right, all the the extra skills that are being fired upon everywhere. So it's nice, but it's not nice for me. Yeah, well, you know that I'm always telling you it's time to buy PCs. (laughs) Yeah, or or an actual you know gaming laptop, something. Yeah, that too, something. But all right, so uh, Doc, let's uh, hear about some Nightblade stuff. All right, next up, we have the Piercing Mark morph. Um, they increase the duration of the effects to 60 seconds at rank 4 up from 30. And what that is is just uh, puts, you just marks somebody and it does, like, major breach on them. So. Yeah, I really like that change. I mean, it's not like 30 seconds wasn't long already, <laughs> but, I mean... The fact that they doubled it is just awesome. That's like, you don't ever have to recast that. And especially uh, for, um, I don't know if it's a thing for PvE Nightblades, because, I mean, Major Breach is already being put on, like, the boss, right? For the most part. From, like, Um, tanks and stuff. I mean, normally I have that on my bar, but then again, I also tank on my Nightblade, so... Uh, okay, okay. But I also do a weird bow sword and Does, board. Doesn't puncture do major breach? Yeah, but I don't use. I don't use. I'm not going to. I use a two hander. Uh, I, I have well, a two hander and bow. <laughs> I was going to say so, a sex so bar, I... but it's a <laughs> sex blade. <laughs> yeah, that's some jealous freaking stuff right there. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, but hey, there you go. So. uh Next, we got Ambush, and I read this, and I was like, oh, no. No, no. <laughs> Why? Why do you need to buff freaking stand blades? They're going to kill me in PvP so much. Ambush. Increase the duration of Empower granted from this morph to 10 seconds, up from 3. Great. There you go, guys. Love your life. This morph now also grants Minor Berserk for its <laughs> duration. There you go, guys. As if you weren't powerful enough already, now you're better. Love your life and come kill me. That's great. Yeah, stand blades. They're great. Yeah, no one's ever had a problem with stand blades ever. Yep, definitely not Graham. Graham loves stand blades. Oh man. <laughs> oh, good old Gramathon and his night blades. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have refreshing path. Uh, this morph now grants minor endurance and intellect for four seconds each tick. Uh, so I think it just did that for like once or something, but I don't know. Well, and that's better. Nightblade's got, got the buff hammer. I don't think anyone uses that skill. Like that's just like the little movement speed that, that people put on the ground. No, 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 dude. It's like the uh, it's a heal too. Oh, it's a heal. Okay. Yeah. Like when you go inside the path, Interesting. it like puts the path down and you like roam within it, and yeah. it like gives you buffs and 
makes you faster and it heals you while you're in it and it does or i think there's one more for it heals you and one more for it does damage it's like an aoe damage thing ah yeah but to be fair i i do not use it enough to really talk about it because i don't play nightblade enough but hey since I've been back on Xbox, I've actually been playing on my Nightblade a little bit more frequently, and I I like it. Miss it. Yeah. So next we've got Drain Power. So they increase the duration of Major Brutality and Sorcery granted from this ability and its morphs to 30 seconds up from 20 to make up for the fact that they require a target to gain these effects. So, there you go. Now, uh, drain power lasts 10 seconds longer. And to go with that, the power extraction morph, this morph now also grants the caster minor courage for 30 seconds upon dealing damage, which on a Nightblade, we all know you're going to be doing. So, yeah, pretty good. All around for the Nightblade. This is a good patch, I would say. I wonder if bombers use that skill, because if they do, then guess what? Bombers are going to bomb even harder now. Which means yeah. Bob's going to die even harder and kill me no, even harder. stupid Gaze of Sithis. Gaze of Sithis. <laughs> gods of Sithis. Best set. Yeah. If gods are, you know, supposed to be lying on the ground dead, then yeah. You're right. Do not die from bombs more than any other average guy. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, stopped I mean... paying attention, man. Once the flag <laughs> is blue, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, I guess you just called yourself average, you know, an average guy. So I guess that's the problem. Well, when it comes to dying <laughs> at uh, flags, I will take the that's why I'm saying because that flag turns blue and I'm zone out, man. I'm <laughs> done. Like, I'll eat the crow, bro. I know I die at the flags to the bombs and at the door, but it's hard because I'm repairing, man. I like back out and everything. Like, I've just never been a blocker. Like, I just don't block. Even before I had the set i just don't block that's why i just, i would like roll dodge out shield and roll dodge out that would be my thing so that's why i gaze at this is it was almost meant for me maybe yeah because you know when i say block you're like no i'm gonna roll dodge <laughs> uh in pvp oh i'm out dude yeah if you're telling me to block i'm like you're on your own dude you, you go ahead and <laughs> be blocking i'm out all right <laughs> all right so next we got the sorcerer you want to start us off dog yeah all right so uh we, we have the uh, crystal frag morph um this morph now activates off of any non-ultimate active ability rather than only magicka causes costing abilities and then they reduce their proc chance to 33 percent down from 35 percent so you, you can now proc or you can now uh, get the crystal frag proc off of any skill. So that's, that's interesting, especially since they changed the other morph to like be more stamina friendly. So now this one kind of seems more stamina friendly. Yeah, I like that change. I think it's good. 
So next we have the crystal weapon morph. This morph now causes your next two light or heavy attacks to deal bonus damage up from one. There is a small cooldown on this to avoid the ability to instantly proc both, though. So, well, thank goodness for that. All right, the next one is Summon Charge Echnock. Uh This morphs AoE damage. Now always applies the Concuss status effect. So I think that's just when you drop it down. Then we have Endless Fury, which reduced the cost of this morph to 2160, down from 2430, to help reinforce the idea that you are able to endlessly cast it. Great. They already did. Yeah, well, now they can, they can do it even more. Endlessly. Yeah. I think that's the point. Apparently, literally. Alright, uh, next up we have Energy Overlord. Or energy overload. Um, this morph now restores up to 1200 magicka and stamina rather than up to 1192 magicka. And the restore now happens anytime you use the light or heavy attacks rather than only when they do damage. I'm just picturing dude just standing there, just light attacking infinitely, or just like holding out his lightning, you know, just like getting all his resources <laughs> back. Like, what are you doing? I'm getting my resources back. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no one there. I know. <laughs> I need Magicka. And Stamina. Both, yeah. Alright, next up we have, you know, the best class in the game. Uh, the Templar. And they have some pretty decent uh, stuff happen in this patch. Um, we have Blazing Shield Morph. Um, they increase the radius of this morph to 8 meters, up from 6 meters to better match its visual effects. So, that's pretty good. Uh, next up, we have the Power of the Light Morph. They reduce the cost of this ability uh, to 1337, down from 1700. So now Samplars can use that even more, I guess. Perfect. Yeah. That's exactly what they needed. Yeah, they need to save their stamina so they can break free twice or even three times against ads or in BGs. Uh, next up, we have the Living Dark Morph. Uh, this morph's heal no longer scales with stats and instead heals for a base of 200 health when it triggers. I don't use that ability, so 2,000 health when it triggers. Yeah. You said 200. Uh, now 2,000 health, yeah. I, mean, I don't use that ability, so that's okay. Apparently oh, that's the little bubble. It. Yeah. Oh, and there's a dev comment on that ability. Um, we're taking away some of the insane values of healing that this ability can have when stacking high stats, and instead taking a safer route with a flat value to ensure any role of Templar can still engage with the skill, but with less powerful results at the high end. Alright, um, they... Next up, we have the Dark Flare Morph. They uh, reduce the cost of this morph to 2430, down from 2700. Um, that'll be pretty interesting to spam again. Um, you know, yeah, once. I feel like this skill gets changed like constantly. They're always messing with Dark Flare. Yeah. I think the reason why people kind of stop spamming it, though, is because it, it, they nerfed the damage, and then they buffed up like how much it costs, so it wasn't really effective. 
and then you know uh, yeah it's hard to, it's hard to cast skills sometimes so then then there's that and they're like there's the uh, channel because it's a channel it takes even longer so you can get interrupted too yeah yeah all right lastly and this is going to be the most craziest change in i think the entire patch um and this is practice incantation morph uh, this morph now allows you to move at a reduced rate while channeling it, rather than being unable to move at all. And like I said, I find this one, you know, just insane. Like, how much will you be able to move during the cast of it? Like, it can definitely be helpful for you to push forward or fall back with, you know, a nice strong AoE heal that's just covering, you know, your troops when you're pushing in or falling back, so... It's like that, like, slow walk in the game, you know? Like, when you're, like, slowed and you're, like, walking, you're just like, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> yeah, but can you, like, if you have, like, you know, rapids, can I, like, pop rapids and uh, activate that morph? And I'm going to be, like, you know, just nice I steady walk. I think <laughs> so, but you never know. It probably locks you to like a certain speed, I would think. Maybe, yeah. It definitely kind of depends on how much you can move. Like, if it's only like a couple inches and it's not that big of a deal, if you move like, you know, a couple feet, then that might be a big deal. Okay. Um, but if you have a couple like good healers that are well communicative with one another, you can have a nice solid uh, heal just being able to slowly walk after one after the other. You know, you have to have the healers being, you know, communicating with one another. So maybe you have a group of healers, which sometimes people like to do a group of healers. So you just have to have like the DPS to back it up. But I guess, you know, it's it's Zergon Zerg action, so you can make it work. But uh, that's going to wrap up the uh, Templar section. And... Uh... How are you overall feeling about those Templar changes? Uh, they're pretty good. I mean, there's nothing I would really consider a nerf. I guess the Living Dark one is a bit of a nerf, but I don't use that skill. So I don't, that one doesn't really bother me. So. so for the Warden, we have some changes as well. Um, we've got the Wild Guardian morph. This morph now converts the damage to bleed damage instead of physical, and each attack applies the hemorrhage status effect. So, yeah. That's, uh, it definitely seems like a slight buff, at least. Uh, next up, we have a deep fissure. Uh, this morph now always applies minor breach to enemies hit for the duration. So, that's the, uh,. What is it? That's like subterranean assault, but the other form for magic users. So, all right. For the next one, we have corrupting pollen. This morph now also applies minor cowardice to enemies in the area to help it gain some viability in PVE areas. So there you go, PVE. You, you finally got something. Yeah, something. Alright, uh, next up we have Arctic Blast. Uh, this morph now requires enemies to be damaged five times in order to be stunned up from three. Uh, they reduce the duration of the stun to three seconds down from four. 
that he increased the duration of the stat counter to three seconds up from one. Uh, and then this dev comment. Right now, this ability is offering too much offensive nature for the Warden, allowing them to line up their first perfectly well with Scorch to remove counter play. And by increasing the stat count required, there should be less of a guarantee with this combination and require more reactive play from the caster, while the increased duration of tracking helps also re reduce the ease of counter play by backing off for one second from the Warden to completely avoid the stun. Now, this is definitely a good change because there are tanky Wardens that are already, you know, just super tanky, and then they can burst you down once the stun goes off. So, I definitely I like that change because Wardens can be super hard to kill with uh, Arctic Blast being also a self-heal as well. All right, next up we have a Crystallized Slab. Uh, this morph now also stuns the target upon dealing damage. There's a dev comment on this one. Uh, for the Masters of Ice, Wardens are lacking a lot of hard control. Without giving them something too over the top to make them more oppressive to melee attackers, we've opted to add in a reactive range stun option to help deter those range builds that naturally kite and hound Wardens. So that helps, you know, the Warden be able to stun range people too. So Next up, we have uh, Expansive Frost Cloak. Uh, they expanded the radius of this morph to 36 meters from 2, so it's even more expansive. Uh, now all of the allies uh, will know the defensive power of the Warden, even though they may or may not see which Warden activated this immense power, because it's, you know, super far away. So Then last, Northern Storm also got a bit. This morph now grants 300 weapon and spell damage for up to 36 seconds after casting, rather than up to 18% max magicka for 30 seconds. This should help the ultimate as this should help the ultimate be more impactful across play styles. I definitely like that change. Um, I kind of thought the 15% max magicka was just a waste. So, yeah, no doubt. All right, so that wraps up our uh, class abilities. So now we're going on to our weapons changes. And the first one is one hand and shield, um, specifically the power slam morph. Uh, this morph's passive resentment now reduces the cost of your next power slam by up to 50% rather than increasing its damage done by 30%. That's kind of an interesting change because power slam doesn't really do much damage in the first place and i'm pretty sure it does bash damage so it's it's just interesting yeah that's interesting i'm not too sure about that one so that was the only really one for one hand and shield next we got two-handed so reverse slice is getting a bit of a change this morph no longer deals damage based on its initial hit and instead deals damage to all targets around the initial. So, kind of interesting. Uh, the dev comment says this will allow the area of effect damage to be increased and decreased by bonuses and to be calculated separately per target. 
It will also fix the issue where the damage continuously became weaker as it uh, cascaded outwards, being diminished by each target's defenses. So apparently they think it's going to work better, so there you go. I hope it does. Yeah, that's interesting because I kind of thought for it kind of sounded like it's, it would be less effective, but I guess they think it's going to be more effective. That's interesting. All right, next up we have uh, heavy armor passive change, um, heavy armor bonuses. Uh, they adjusted the bonus damage to bash attacks to grant 30 more damage per piece of heavy armor worn rather than third uh, rather than 3% more damage. So just a slight little difference there. And that was the only one for armor. So next we're going into um, the vampire and werewolf stuff. We have some vampire changes. So for Blood Frenzy, this ability and its morphs now grant up to 5 stacks rather than 10. The total weapon and spell damage granted is left untouched. The cost has been increased by 360 per tick, up from 250 for Blood and Sumerian Frenzy. Well, the cost for Sated Frenzy is now 300 rather than 200. This will result in an approximate 20% cost reduction for each morph. How is that? Um, it says it increases by more per tick. I think it's because uh, it doesn't have to take as for long. You only have to take five times oh, instead okay. of ten times. That's right. You're right. You're right. So the dev comment says, based on much of the initial feedback we saw over last update, We've decided to help this ability ramp up a little quicker to make it feel more aggressive and ravenous for the user, while slightly easing back on the risk of using it since the reward isn't nearly as high as before. So, there you go. And then uh, the other one for Vampire, uh, we've got Feed. This synergy now heals you to full health after successfully casting on a target and feasting upon their life essence. Mm-mm, delicious. And, yeah, there you go, man. That's how it should be, right? Yeah, I don't know if I... Uh, I can't really say I've ever been into a situation where, like, oh, no, I'm almost dead. Let me quickly feed on this person to uh, heal myself, though. <laughs> That's like, true. Especially since you have to be out of combat, so... Or not... I guess not necessarily how out of combat, but you have to, like, sneak up on somebody. So, more of a like lore breaking thing that they fix, I <laughs> guess, or like uh, just like makes it seem more real. Yeah. Although I guess, well, I guess, I guess if you're like on a high stage, your uh, vampire uh, health recovery is pretty bad. So. Mm-hmm. All right, we do have a a couple of werewolf changes. Um. The first one is her scenes fortitude. Uh, this morph now grants minor endurance and fortitude for 20 seconds after casting, rather than a unique amount of health and stamina recovery based on the healing cost for six seconds. So we're just simplifying it. Uh, the other skill is her scenes rage. Uh, this morph now also reduces the ability cost to 5063 down from 5737. And they increase the duration of major berserk and damage taken to 10 seconds up from 6 seconds. 
Oh yeah, because that they need buffs. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they're getting buffed and they're also taking more damage. Um, the minor endurance and fortitude thing is kind of interesting because I don't know if that's like the morph that they usually go with, but uh, um, what's it called? Oh, the Oaken Soul Reen gives minor endurance and minor fortitude also, so yeah. Hmm. So I don't know if like they don't want to have like double yeah, they're just evening it out. Yeah, right. Because that was a big thing with the Oak and Soul Ring. Like, oh, werewolf god build. <laughs> yeah, yeah, werewolves are already god mode. So let's yeah. So I think they're trying to like, all right, don't worry, werewolves are not going to be even more god mode. Maybe a little bit more god mode, but not insanely god mode. So. And to be fair. We're also only god mode if you do them right. Yeah. So. <laughs> which, if you're PvP, you know which ones are the god mode ones. They're the one that takes oh, yeah. half of a zerg to kill them. It's super annoying. And they may not get that many kills when there's like a zerg on them. They're super hard to kill. And if they get to single anyone out, they're dead. <laughs> yeah. All right, so now we get to go into the CP changes, and there's not a lot, um, but there's some, so we're going to get through them uh, here. So first off is the Warfare Tree, the blue one. They added the following stars to the Extended Might Constellation. Exploiter, returning in parentheses. Increases your damage done against off-balance enemies by 2% per stage, 5 stages, 10% per stage. I actually like that. I wonder if that's one that will get uh, used. Um, by like, I, uh, I don't know, because a lot of times if an enemy's off-balance, then they usually get stunned pretty quickly. That's true. But like bosses and stuff. Yeah. I guess. I don't know if bosses get off-balance, though. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, so the next one is Force of Nature. New. Okay, so the last one is a returning one. This one is actually new. Increases your offensive penetration by 900 for each status effect your target has. One stage for 50 points. Now, that sounded really cool when I read it at first, but then I was like, for each target or status... Uh, effect your target has i'm like ah, i don't know about that however there's a dev comment we're adding these nodes to help out two areas of feedback that are frequently brought up off balance lacking comp in organized groups as an impactful ailment and a form of accessible penetration outside of item sets for all those non-light armor builds out there why non-light armor builds we get penetration yeah light armor gets penetration medium armor gets a bunch of damage well still <laughs> all right so next up we have another cp nerfing coming um uh they rebalance the numbers and progression of a number of nodes uh the following nodes i'll grant three percent uh to their listed bonuses per stage with two stages at 25 points per stage, rather than 2% with five stages at 10 points per stage. So now it's going to be 6% down from 10%. So A uh, 40% decrease. Yeah. 
I wish they would have like lowered the amount of CP that it took to cost so that I might be able to, you know, actually want to try something new, but no, that didn't happen. And then the uh, CP affected was Binding Aura, Deadly Aim, Duelist Rebuff, uh, Enduring Resolve, Ironclad, Master at Arms, Thaumaturge, and Unassailable. So many. And so many that I use. That's going to impact my <laughs> DPS. <laughs> yeah, and my tank, because I think I, I'm pretty sure I use Ironclad on it, so that kind of sucks. Yeah, I definitely use Master at Arms and Thaumaturge, so that hurts. Yeah. Uh, a couple more nerfs is uh, Backstabber. Uh, this node now grants 2% crit damage per stage, down from 3%. So it's going to be. I think 10% down from 15%. Um, Finding Finesse, this node now grants 4% crit damage and healing per stage with two stages of 25 points per stage rather than 2% crit damage and healing with five stages at 10 points per stage. So it went from 8% down from 10%. So that was not as bad, but... Um, there's a dev comment, and currently many of the slotted stars that don't require much engagement are significantly stronger than many of their more unique counterparts. Rather than introducing an arm trace and injecting power creep to the system, we've targeted the outliers to draw back some of their impact to make them more in line where we expect while giving a tiny bump to some other stars. Which kind of just sounds like they're doing uh, arms race. Just just instead of increasing damage or lowering damage. But well, there you go. You gotta try something, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see how it goes. It feels like a kind of a slight, like, slightly big nerf. Like, Yeah, some of that stuff is 40%. Yeah. I think I use almost... I might use all of those things in my thing. <laughs> like, if I use four things and I all got nerf four, or you know, like four percent down in damage, that's sixteen percent less damage I do. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, I'm not saying, and you know, there's a lot of people who are like easily like, well, at least as far as the YouTube videos and stuff shows, just like 100K is way too easy. So, you know, I don't think people should be doing 100K DPS. Uh, maybe it's a good nerf. I don't know. But as far as me, I'm like, I'm not doing 100K. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So we do have some other CP changes. Cutting defense, this node now scales up the higher of your physical or spell resistances rather than your max health. Occult Overlord, Overload, this node now deals 2560 Oblivion damage per stage with 5 stages at 10 points rather than 2000. So that's pretty big, I mean that's 2500 damage overall increase by the time you're at the 5th stage. There right dog. Um, you also forgot that it's 2,000 per stage with two stages, so it is 4K max. This one's going to do... This one has five um, stages of 2,550, which... Oh, so you used to only do 4,000, so now it's going to do 10,000. 
Yeah, it's it's gonna yeah, be a I lot missed more. That last it's line. gonna be like twelve thousand. Oh my gosh, this is so. That's a big one. That's like a vicious death for real now. Yeah. I don't. So uh, now yeah. you're gonna be mad about me not blocking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I'm not blocking. He's gonna hurt even more. <laughs> got got to worry about vicious death, and now we have uh oak uh CP vicious death coming in with us too. So dude, that's a big one. Like twelve thousand. That's half my health in BVP. <laughs> Yeah, and like that that's not a slight increase. That's a drastic increase. That's a drastic increase, yeah. I like I guess people weren't using it because it wasn't enough damage, but yeah, wow. Well, people were using it inside of a I'm cereal. pretty sure people were using it, yeah. <laughs> like, so, there's like times where I'm like, oh vicious death, vicious death, Oko overload, overcoal overload, vicious death, or plague break or something like that. Like, yeah. No doubt. All right, so the last two we got repost. This node now increases the damage done of your next direct damage attack by thirty-three percent, rather than dealing forty-eight hundred flat damage to your attacker. Then wrathful strikes and rejuvenator. These nodes now grant forty-one weapon and spell damage to their effects, up from thirty-three. So there you go. Some little CP changes. So overall, lots of CP changes and kind of drastic ones. So I think that's kind of something that's going to take like a little bit to weigh out and really see uh, how people are uh, starting to feel about that. Definitely going to have to let the console players get their hands on that. Especially since um, I know some people have been talking about like a one bar uh, bombing meta. But like if you use the lightning staff, then you just throw down your ball of elements and boom, you have you hit everyone with the uh, what's it called concussion, and that's a status effect, which means you can get your Oko overload. You can also get proc dark convergence, and you have if you're wearing vicious death, that that's a nice, that's pretty hefty for a nice tether bomb right there. So, and you're going to be doing a, a ton of damage with the mythic too. Although I guess you know you might not. Well, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be weird. Um, definitely kind of curious how bombing is going to be this patch. It definitely seems like it, it's going to be OP. But yeah, uh, that's going to be insane with Oaken Soul, no doubt. Like, we're going to have to see. But yeah, so with that, we want to uh, hit our little Robots Radio break and remind you all that we are part of the oh-so-popular Robots Radio podcast network. And... Uh, you should definitely go check out all our other friendly, friendly shows that are part of the network, too, because they're awesome, and you'll love them. Just like we're awesome, and you love us. So go give it a check out at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons, inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis, boo. Well, we're gonna learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube. All right, dog. We're here in the home stretch. Doesn't it feel good? 
yeah, it feels pretty good. We got all the uh, nice lengthy stuff kind of out of way. Now we can get down to the more than more, uh, I should say more than nitty more, gritty uh, kind of stuff. Yeah, more than nitty gritty. Some of the more interesting things that that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. And I'm even still awake. It's impressive. These patch notes must be that interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, we do have just a little bit more for you guys here. Uh, some update thirty four stuff. Well, we do. Have, it's a a good bit of stuff, not really a little bit. It's still a significant amount of stuff. But we're gonna get it started. As Doc said, it's more of a hit. You know, just stuff we want to make sure that you guys get to know about. Maybe not so in depth kind of stuff like the class changes and everything. So, update thirty four stuff. This is just all the uh, important stuff that, you know, you guys didn't have to read the patch notes for. And Dog had to pull it all out and put it in the notes. Hey, but I still yeah. read them. Okay, Dog. Yeah, he did read them this time. So uh, that was pretty them. impressive. There you go. He, so, he was like, oh, um, oh, this is the thing? Wow, that's pretty cool. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> Not this time. So... Here we are with uh, the start. Mundestones will now be saved in the armory system. It was like one of the defects of it before, and now it'll be saved. So, um, yeah. You are... Uh, oh, wow, dog. I see you have some interesting points about this. But I would just say that uh, when you first log in, your current one will just immediately be set to all your different um, armory things. And then you could go put on your different armory slot and then go change your Mundus and then resave it. And that's how you have to do it. Yeah, one thing that they added is that uh, you can also save two Mundus stones if you're wearing the Twiceborn Star set. So that's Thank pretty goodness. cool that they've got Twiceborn Star to work. Not That's really sure cool, how many yeah. people are going to be using twice born star, but I mean it's cool that they looked out for it, you know, knowing yeah. that it is like special set. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a very uh, niche thing to look for. So that's pretty cool. Um, the other thing is kind of a little bit more of a comment, but I know that many people have been you know wanting this, and so they made it happen. That's pretty amazing. Um, I probably won't remember to swap the Monday stones in the first stage, so you know, on a build. And there still isn't an armory station inside of Cyrodiil. And I really want an armory station inside of Cyrodiil because I forget to change my build all the time. So, especially since I, I have a training build now on my main character. And I'm, like, always on the training build. And I never swap over to my, you know, actual build. So that's a bit of a problem when I want to go into Cyrodiil. Luckily, you know, the queues haven't been too long. But, you know, Midyear's coming around, so... Hopefully the next edition of the armory system is them adding a station inside of Cyrodiil. So forget what people like me can switch off their uh, stupid uh, training build into an actual PvP build. Yeah, give the PvP players some love. Let us just stay inside Cyrodiil <laughs> longer. Come on. We don't yeah. want to have to leave. And especially, okay, so it's it does sound like a little bit of a joke, but I mean... To be fair, when queues are really long, or, yeah, you like, know, like, mid-year mayhem and stuff, like, what if you just want to, like, mess around and play, like, a different build, or, you know, something, like, while you're in Cyrodiil, like, you want to switch, like, oh, maybe I feel like being a bit more tanky, you know, or, like, 
You know, a lot of people have significant build changes they do within a one character like that. And they should yeah, be like, able to access stuff like that. Yeah, like some people do like a squishy bomber build and other people do like a sneaky magblade build, you know? Right, yeah. And I mean, it's not like everything isn't there for you in Serial to already get to, you know? Like... You can go change your Mundus, but all the Munduses are there in Cyrodiil. There's a bank there in Cyrodiil. Uh, I mean, like, you can access all this stuff, but to be fair, I mean, like, you're comparing it to, like, the dressing room add-on pretty much is, like, what, you know, they didn't design it after anything, but it had to be slightly an influence at least. And, um, and I mean, it's one of the most popular add-ons in the freaking game on PC. And, uh, so if you're doing with that, it's like those players that are still using that still have a huge advantage. I mean, it's getting to be a bigger advantage now, especially that it does Mundus Stones. Um, I've always said that it should also do Quick Slot, your Quick Slot wheel. That would be a huge advantage if you could do PvE and PvP, uh, different armory things and have just your different wheels set up already. That would be... It does Freaking do huge. No, it doesn't. Okay. It does not set your wheel for you, dog. It yeah, I'm pretty sure it does. It doesn't, man. Pretty sure it saves your quick slots. I'm almost positive. It doesn't ask you for them or anything. I mean it doesn't show up, but I definitely have uh one one of my things being like, alright, this is my uh my PvE uh quick slots and I can just like swap them back on for my uh you know, banker as in companions. Well, now you don't have to do that too, because we're gonna get to. Oh yeah, now later, yeah, though. now yeah, now you don't have to. But yeah, it, we'll get we're gonna get to that. But <laughs> all right, so we're getting off track. Uh, we can talk about PvP some other time, dog. Let's finish these patch notes. Okay, fine. All right, uh, next up we have the AMD Fidelity FX Super Resolution or FSR. Um, in update 34, we have added the support to uh, Fidelity FX Super Resolution 1.0. Uh, this upscaling technology is available for all graphics cards and can be used to improve performance for those who are bottlenecked by their GPU while playing SO. Uh, this can be used to get straightforward improvements in frame rate or to allow you to enable more demanding graphics settings like our screen space GI while maintaining similar frame rates to what you had before. That's awesome. I think it looks better. I put mine on Ultra, and it looks beautiful. Yep. Um, they do recommend starting with Ultra Quality Mode and lowering from there as needed, as they have seen a great performance gains with this alone, especially on older graphics cards. And then FSR 1.0 works best with higher quality anti-aliasing, uh, we recommend setting your anti-aliasing to TAA if you enable FSR, but we support using FSR with any anti-aliasing option. Whatever those words mean. Yeah, I don't know what those words mean. <laughs> but yeah, so, I don't know. They made things prettier. Looks cool. Sit up to Ultra. Have fun. Yeah. So, next thing is the cool, cool thing. Uh, I hinted at it a bit ago. Quick slot wheel updates. So, we've added multiple additional utility quick select wheels for collectible allies, mementos, 
emotes, and tools. You can tab between these wheels while holding the quick select wheel keybind. Um, so, basically, allies, mementos, emotes, and tools can be slotted to their corresponding wheels directly from their thing. They all have a wheel for each. You can now assign any emote to the existing quick select wheel. The existing emote wheel, when utilizing gamepad mode, can now be used through the quick select wheel keybind. So, uh, I don't really know for, uh, whatever, uh, PC, the buttons, but for the gamepad mode, like, you just hold up where you're holding your wheel, and then you just tab through it, left and right trigger, and it just was like, oh, there's your allies one, oh, there's your emotes one, your tools one, blah, blah, blah. And instead of, like, um, like, selecting it to your wheel or whatever, just, like, when you put your uh, directional thing towards it and then release it, it just, choose, like, does it. So, it's interesting, and it's amazing, and I'm super happy. And, yeah, what do you think about it, dog? Um, uh, yeah, I think this is, you know, a very useful update, um... Now I might actually be able to hold on to those oils, lancers, cold fire, trebuchage, um, because now I'll actually be able to have the option to actually use them because I have more than, you know, what, like eight, eight or 10 uh, slots. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that I've been kind of wanting is them to add like more slottable stuff so that this works a whole lot, uh, you know, a whole lot better. Um, as far as, you know, collectibles go, I can have like my uh, war horn, my big werewolf and whatever mud balls, just a bunch of stuff that just annoys Bob with. So that, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I haven't really used it yet. So yeah. Dog's favorite thing to do. Annoy Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. My favorite thing to do is just walk up to him, uh, open up with like a war horn or do the werewolf roar in his ear. That's, that's great. Can confirm. Yeah, he can confirm that it's great. <laughs> um, I haven't really used it too much yet, so I kind of hope that your first or main page can still be kind of just have a mix of everything so that you can have your potions and food for those like intense mo moments when you're like, oh no, I ran out of food in the middle of combat, or oh no, yeah, um, it's, I need it's, to quickly it's still your, uh, It's your main thing, the first okay. one. All right, that, that, that's pretty good. All right, uh, next up we have the choose title screen music. Um, you now have the ability to choose which title music theme plays on the game's login screen. In the audio settings tab, there is a new drop-down labeled Intro Music. Uh, select which chapter you like to li listen to and give it a few moments to swap over. The default will always play the most recent chapter song. Uh, listen to them all and pick your favorite. I'm just saying that's super cool. It is super cool. It's also super nice because once you get to, you know, month 10 of the same music, it starts to be a bit much. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. You're like, yeah, I feel that, dude. Like, it's like, like, you know, when it first hits, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. This is awesome. Month 10 rolls around. It's like, okay, you're it's ready. not as amazing anymore. She leaves <laughs> something else. <laughs> you're definitely ready for that next one by month 10. Yeah. So that's cool. I think I'm going to choose a new one each month after month 10. I'm just kidding. <laughs> after month like seven. <laughs> so the next thing, they added a new accessibility mode. 
Uh, they say we've added a new pregame screen, which appears prior to the login screen. It offers the option to select accessibility mode. When choosing this mode, you will automatically be swapped to use the gamepad UI, but the keybinds will be adjusted for whatever input is being used, keyboard or gamepad. The gamepad UI is just so much more accessible. If you decide you don't want to use this, you can disable it in the options menu. You are now also able to move around all pre-game UI screens and elements using only digital inputs such as keyboard or D-pad key presses or analog inputs such as a mouse or gamepad control stick. We'll be adding more accessibility options and settings in future updates, so stay tuned. Hey, that's freaking awesome. Thank you guys for thinking of people who need that kind of stuff. Um, you know, God forbid anything ever happens to me or dogged and or anyone you know and you still want to be able to play the games you love and you know they're looking out for people that you know need help with that so that is just super freaking awesome and uh way to go to them for doing that yeah um one of the things that i kind of hope is like the uh add-ons because most of the add-ons are for you know the pc uh ui so I'm That's hoping true. that eventually that this will kind of give the incentive for uh uh you know the P the PC UI add-ons to be more like console UI friendly. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Cause it's yeah, like they work, they're there, but they're definitely not like in tune with the gamepad mode. Yeah. Um you may be unable to use the travel to player feature to follow group mates to the new public dungeon, Ghost Haven Bay, uh, the Delve Shipwreck Shoal, or several quest-related areas in High Isle. Uh, these areas can still be accessed normally by walking to them and entering through the door, but you won't be able to instantly teleport. This will be fixed in a future incremental patch. So this one's going to suck for Bob over here because he likes to fall asleep a lot of times whenever you know we're trying to go do a devil quest or something so it's a public dungeon okay there's also some delves this is the delve shipwreck shoals okay yeah that's true so, <laughs> so there's at least one delve it's you know, a bummer <laughs> but i'll i'll survive until yeah. they fix it at least they're yeah. gonna fix it <laughs> hopefully they fix it right no, no, yeah, wasn't merkmire like that when it first came out I think so, yeah. I think so. I think it was that North Delve. Yeah, I wouldn't let you travel there. Yeah. All right, dog, go ahead. You take the next one. All right. Anvil skilled traders no longer refuse to deal with criminals. You know, the whole town is rotten, I tell you. Rotten. And, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's the home of the Dark Brotherhood. So. Good old Gina, man. She loves her uh, funniness of these notes. Yeah. And, you know, just saying, Gina, if you're not doing anything someday, you know, we got a show that you come on. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, another fantastic Gina line, speaking of, uh, you know, her, the community manager, a pot of unlootable mystery stew is gone from a certain homestead. It was perpetually out of range despite being right there in front of you. Why do you confound me, Stu? What dark power is deemed that I cannot sample your deliciousness? 
Why have they forsaken me? Who must I vanquish for this outrage? The entire town, that's who. The, the, the rotten town. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that pot of stew is in Greymore, if you're wondering. Now you'll never be able to find it. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, if you're in console, you can still find it or try to find it. So oh, you better go find it quick. I'm not going to go find it. That's that, that's <laughs> beyond me. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Next up, we have a couple of companion changes. Um, I think we kind of talked about them last episode, but we're kind of just going to go quickly through them again. Um, they added a new minimal setting for companion reactions under the general section of gameplay settings to further reduce the likelihood for companions to severely respond to player actions. Um, that's pretty nice because Miri likes to cuss a lot. And yeah, um, I think the main thing is that companions, you know, when you're doing the same couple of things, uh, companions just get really annoying. Like, so they're cool at first and then they start to be annoying. Yeah, uh, next, I feel that. Just like the music, you know, like like after t- after 10 months or so, the music is just like, yeah. oh my God, please. Exactly. But not Isabel because she's voiced by Laura Bailey and I can listen yeah. to that forever. <laughs> uh, the second one is all companions when occasionally dynamically strafe in both melee and ranged combat. Um, you know, companions are learning. So now they will hopefully say out of the big, big bad red circles or instead run out of the good blue circles into the bad red circles. So who knows? Could be a bit of both. Um, and then lastly, they doubled the amount of companion skill progression. And then lastly, they doubled the amount of companion skill progression gained from completing solo daily repeatable quests from the fighters, mages, and Adana guilds. Uh, each quest completion will now provide the companion with a full rank of progression in the associated guild line. And that's amazing because I think it's like up to 10, so you only have to do 10 dailies on them. So that's insane. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's super cool. I should go do this. Yeah, you should. I'm definitely going to I felt like uh, after I got Isabel today, like, I did a couple events, and she, like, leveled up immediately. I was like, oh, wow. You level up fast. I remember that. Yeah, that's nice. Being a thing, like, in Blackwood. All right, so that was for the companions, and we got some antiquity stuff. Uh, just quick stuff. Added NPC subtitles during the scrying or excavation tutorials. Adjusted the drop rate for the Grand Hot 2 Oin- Oinks? It's got to be Onyx. Yeah, I think it's Onyx. Lead. <laughs> and will no longer drop once the codex has been completed. When you complete a given antiquity codex for a furnishing, said furnishing will now be available for purchase at an appropriate achievement vendor. Dude, that's actually really cool. Yeah, uh, it gives purpose. Go ahead. Yeah, this gives purpose to, you know, finishing antiquity codexes for furnishings, especially if you really like said furnishing. Like, there's some pretty amazing furnishings from it. So Yeah, and you could just purchase them instead of having to go uh get the lead that's super cool yeah especially if you want more want more like than three because usually most codexes have three yeah i'm thinking of like uh you know harder ones to get like the uh you know when you have to kill dragons in southern elsewhere <laughs> the one where you have to do uh 
Craglorn Trials or like stuff like that, you know? Yeah. All right. Next up, um, this is a bit of a long one. Uh, they fixed an issue where numerous abilities were not obeying line of sight. Uh, Arctic Wind and its morphs damage, Blazing Shields damage, Bone Totem and its morphs fear, Caltrops and its morphs damage, Crescent, Crescent Sweeps damage, Elemental Storm, Storm and its morphs damage, Expert Hunter and its morphs, Frozen Gate and its morphs initial placement, uh, Grave Rabber synergy damage, uh, Impaling Shards and morphs damage, Lacerate and its morphs damage, Mage Light and its morphs, Negate Magic and its morphs silence, uh, permafrost damage, power extractions debuff, uh, restraining prison. Uh, this ability now also grants major vitality, even if you hit no targets. Um, revealing flare and its morphs, and they also changed that one up a little bit. Uh, you may now only have one of these area effects active at a time. Uh, this kind of seems like a pointless nerf to this ability. Um, if night blades don't want to be pulled out of stealth, then you know they can just not stealth in the first place, right? Boom, problem solved. But uh, really, it costs like just under 5k Magicka. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, they could have at least put a cap of like three instead of just one. But also, you know, going on like Nightblades. But, um, well, actually, I, actually, no, I'll talk about that after I finish this list. Um, they also fixed uh, Solar Barrage's damage. Spear Shards and its morphs damage, Time Stop and its morphs, Unstable and Volatile of Familiar's damage, and volatile, volatile Armor's damage. And I'm not really sure what they mean by, you know, Line of Sight, because most of these abilities, if not all, are AoE. So the only Line of Sight that should be involved in that is not standing in the AoE. <laughs> <laughs> like and and uh what i wanted was saying like earlier is that like you have revealing flare you have mage light and you have extra hunter those are all uh aoe pull out of self abilities like i don't know like i have a bad feeling that this is gonna like break it so that night blades can like have the annoying like oh i used i cast extra hunter on top of you and you're not being pulled out of self so yeah, like, what is considered line of sight? Like, what? <laughs> like, is it, like, on a different, like, Y level? Like, they're, like, slightly higher than you? Because that's just obnoxious, like. Super weird. I'm really, I read through that, and I was just like, what? These are all <laughs> AoEs. So, yeah, I had the same reaction. I have no idea what's up with that. Yeah, like, I, I just don't get it, like. Like, if they're, they're around a tree, well, if you put an AoE around the tree, then, like, it should do damage because they're in the, they're around the tree. Like, I, I just don't get it. Yeah. I mean, so now if a Nightblade's behind a tree, am I not going to pull them out of stealth? Uh, well, AoEs don't pull them out of stealth unless, you know... It's, it's well, with Mage Light, if I'm, I have Mage Light oh. on and he's behind yeah, the tree... I, yes, I don't know. Like... Like, I, I, I have no idea how that works. How I can't see him anyways, he's invisible. So <laughs> what does the line of sight have to do with that? Now like get line of sight protection invisible? I don't know about that. Yeah. Alright, so we have one last point for you all. It's very important. Maybe the most important point of all the patch notes, as a matter of fact. And it's just about the mail. 
Male. Several system males have good, better grammar done, have had textual and grammatical errors fixed. Now, I'm not an English major, but that sounds like great grammar. Just perfect grammar. <laughs> well, I'm a history major, and uh, <laughs> that grammar right there would have got me through college. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was uh, definitely a funny one to be read, and uh, definitely one that uh, everyone uh, was finding and uh, having a kick out of on uh, in the ESO community on Twitter and everything. So, cheers, Gina. To your hilariousness in the patch notes and to another great patch notes episode from us. Lots of fun as always. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing else to say, dog. Another chapter down, man. Yep, another chapter down. Can't wait until next year. Sam, hopefully uh, next year we will get a new class, maybe? I don't know. Too soon to start speculating. <laughs> yeah. <too soon. laughs> it's only been one day. Okay. So, well, no, it's Thursday. So it's been a few days. It's Wednesday. Oh, my God. Days are hard. Okay. So, dog, why don't we tell the people where they can find us? All right. You can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can find us in our ESO PC or Xbox guild of Airs the Red Diamond, which you can join on the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. And if you check our show notes, you can find links to all the amazing things, including but not limited to our music producer, ESO-Hub.com, which includes us in their uh, news section, and we absolutely use for all things ESO, and uh, Robots Radio merch store, all cool stuff. If you got time and you leave us a review, we will not only give you our unbounded love forever, but uh, we'll shout it on the podcast. Get your words out there. It really helps us, too. And, uh, hey, I told you guys, if we get 50 uh, Spotify five-star ratings, then we'll do a giveaway or something. And we're only at 31. And I got to say... Tales of Tamriel and Elder Scrolls Lorecast have way more than us, guys. So, come on. Let's see some five-star uh, reviews there. And uh, I'll give you guys uh, some free stuff. If that's not a great bribe, then I don't know what it is. Yeah, we only need 19 more. 19? 19. 19. All right, but uh, you can find me on, uh, you know, Xbox, Twitter, ESOPC, all of DogBark24. Uh, where can they find you, Bob? At Bob Chichinsky all over the place. Uh, Xbox, ESOPC, and Twitch and Twitter. Check me out. And that is going to do it for us for the week. That was awesome. Dog, thank you for joining me for two days. And uh, I will see you all when I'm freaking 30. Yeah. Uh, happy early birthday. And see ya, everybody. Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. 
Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast, my name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. Arrgh.